0: no chance what's up everybody episode 78 of the no chance radio show as always your hosts ryan and nate and today we have a very special guest say what's up special guest melanie what's up mel Hey. AKA what's up Mel, sorry I messed that up. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to the show, it's always nice having you and speaking on some streetwear shit. Yeah. Um, before we get into the topic for today, we want to say thank you guys for showing out to our, our past events we had on air this past Friday. Yes, right? like three
1: three days ago. We tried yeah. to
0: do something very, very different with this one and like kind of live stream it. Um, I know a lot of you guys who live in other countries, other states, always want to come out to our events, but I mean, come on, to be honest, it's not really worth flying out here just to come to one of our events. So we decided to bring it to you guys. Live stream didn't really work that well, um, but we're trying to figure out the kinks so you guys can uh, enjoy in the festivities um, and have some fun with us. But uh, yeah, we have events coming up, so be sure to follow us for that. Um, shit, I know this episode's kind of late. It's at least, I'm going to say a week late. It's been a, it's been a hectic last week. I'm very, very sick. That's yeah. why my voice sounds very... Uh, What's the term? Nasally. Uh, croak? It sure. Roke? It, th- it, it's, it's a word, right? It's a word for how a voice sounds? No? Ah, never mind. <laughs> I'll have to look it up. I've been bad with, um, with words as of lately, but one thing I, ha- I haven't been bad with is my money. And let me talk about something real quick, which is very, very interesting, and something that's fairly new to me is this is my first year within a corporate job, corporate gig, Right. It's one thing to have health benefits, but one thing they did not tell me about at all is your yearly bonus. Now, this is something that just like completely went over my head and was kind of brought up to me a couple days before I actually received it. But it's money that I would have never thought I'd ever seen come in all at once almost as if I just got signed to the league, like, to, like, one of your, like, base salaries. You <laughs> got, like, a 10-day
1: contract. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> like, a 10-day contract on, like, a really, really shitty, like, Eastern Conference team. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys, because I'm going through this right now, is... Do you guys ever have, like, retail anxiety? Like, when it comes to, like, buying shit? Because, like... Obviously, when you have access to money, when we all when we all go get paid, we all decide to go splurge on whatever bullshit we've had in our head for the past week or so since the last time we got paid. Um, but I've been going through this as of lately of just like trying to find shit to buy, right? Like whether it's something that I necess- like actually need versus something that I've just been kind of kind of like dreaming or of wanting. But do you guys ever have like anxiety or like just like this weird, what's it, I, I, what's the term? It's called just like this, uh, this sh- like, like, yeah, basically like a sh- overly, overly shopped anxiety when you guys are out, like spending your money.
1: In terms of like, I don't know what to buy or in terms of like, I'm anxious because I don't want to spend any money and be broke. A little or bit both. of both. Or like yeah.
0: what, what sort of ex- like feelings or, or, or emotions do you go through when you are spending money, especially like. Lots of money.
1: I think it's more so going into buying something. It's more so, fuck, like, what do I get? I think that's the anxiety in the present. But then in hindsight, it's like, fuck, why did I spend that money? Like, why did I get that? So you're like, um, are you like a regretful shopper? I wouldn't say so. I've actually been really good with, not, I wouldn't say really good. I haven't honestly been shopping too much lately. Um, I mean, just spending money in general, a lot of it goes to, and definitely not as good but like eating out all the time like that's Mm -hmm. like one of those things but that i i rarely regret like if it's a good meal i'm like okay that's That's true that's that's true yeah what about you mel
2: i'm a regretful shopper (laughs) um like
1: following the
0: purchase
2: yeah like i tend to shop like based on my emotions so if I'm feeling like sad or like my week was bad I'm like oh man like I'm not feeling great like let me go buy a pair of shoes and then when they come in I'm just like did I need those yeah (laughs) and I usually didn't but you know it's nice to have I just I feel bad after because it's like I could have used that to like put into something else or pay off a bill but I just I bought a pair of shoes
0: it's kind of like when you go into your closet, it's just like a bunch of skeletons and you just have to like look at them with like these like dreadful eyes of God. I regret you, I regret you, <laughs> like you shouldn't be here. Like, why are you even here? But I kind of go through that a lot. I go through a crazy amount of anxiety when I go shopping, which causes me not to spend any money. But this is one of the things that happens to me is I overthink every dollar that I spend and which ends up in me spending the the dollars in the wrong place so like for example like one day I'll be insanely broke and I'll have to wait maybe like two or three days for whatever money to come in say in between those three days I come up on some like good money then I'm just like oh like I can make it for the next two days and I go out and I buy something that I'm just like fuck it I'll buy it and then it doesn't fit like I, but I, I don't think of it in the moment. I'm just like, oh, I got this money. I'll spend it or whatever. And then by the end of the day, I'm just like, oh, shit, I'm back to square one. And I shouldn't have done that. And I regret everything. And this is why I shouldn't spend money. And I go through this whole like this whole <laughs> diatrod of just like, what the fuck am I doing? And then, I'm, and then I tell myself, okay, when I get paid again, I'm going to be a brand new man. And I'm going to go shopping. And I'm, I'm going to do it the responsible way, which never happens. And I end up back in square one. Why do you think people have, like, these these issues when it comes to money. It, it feels like as if we'd never learn. Mm-hmm. Why do you think
1: that that's a thing? I think it's just, like, a lose-lose either way. I, de- I mean, kind of depends on how you look at it, but I think it just goes back to, I don't know, especially when, if we're talking about, like, shopping when you're sad or, like, you're upset or something like that. Like, going back to that, it's, I don't know. It's just, like, what people... It's like the same thing with like drinking when you're like upset, you know, like it doesn't lead to anything. You know, there's no like positive like net outcome from that. You so know do what you saying? guys
0: believe in this idea of like retail therapy then?
2: Uh, yes and no.
0: Like, does it make you like actually feel better to buy something?
1: I think long term, definitely not. Maybe, you know, you get that instant gratification of like, OK, like, fuck, I just got a new pair of shoes or I got this like I'm going to look fucking flying this shit yeah Mm -hmm. and then when you actually get it you're like fuck like it really like it really doesn't do anything for you um I don't know like we talked about like we were trying to figure out that word earlier like it doesn't have any substance Substance. it doesn't have any like real value behind it. it's a thing you know Mm -hmm.
0: I think some of the best purchases that I've ever made have either come from like it's actually been like beneficial for me to have it like there's a like a net gain towards me buying it, whether it's like a come up and I actually save money by purchasing this item because I thought it was going to be more expensive. Or on the other hand, if it's free, like that always makes me feel better, especially when Mm. it's actually something that I will end up using in the long term. Like, what do you, what do you guys think? Is that kind of the same thing for you guys? Yeah.
1: I mean, for sure. Like if it's free or if I can get a good deal on it, then yeah, it'll make me feel a little bit better about myself. But I think like, Overall, I don't know. I just think after accumulating so much stuff, whether it's from even from like thrifting and from you know getting stuff for ridiculously cheap, like I accumulated so much stuff from that, and at the end of the day, it doesn't really. I don't know. It doesn't really. But a
0: good thrifted item always feels worth it in the moment, ev- ev- in
1: every sense. Uh, I would say so. Like I would say so. I don't know. For me, I'm the type of person that I just I get tired of having. The same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like Yeah,
2: I'm the same way. Like I'm going through my closet right now and I just see like all the stuff I have and it's like I haven't worn you in a year, but I know exactly like where I bought it. It's like, okay, like I had a good memory with it, but I don't need it forever, you know? It doesn't spark me joy anymore. Wow. Awesome
1: Kondo. Kondo. Yeah, I've actually to be honest, I have not seen that yet. So I think I should.
0: Yeah. But I don't get yeah. I don't get that feeling when I see like something old. For some for something that's like like I have a shirt that I literally only wear when I go like, when I know I'm gonna do something where I get like shit on me or like dirty, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like I go skating or whatever and that's the only time I ever wear it. But, and, and if I I seldomly do those activities and it's just sitting in my closet and I look at it all the time like, no, I wanna keep you. Like there's some, I, I, like, th- I, I like keeping things for sentimental value, whether it's, mm-hmm. I remember the experiences that I had in that shirt or those pants. And maybe this is something that I, I know a lot of skaters can relate to is like consistently wearing the same shit all, all the time. I, you just feel comfortable in it. You like the way it makes you feel. You obviously love the way it fits. And it kind of turns into this routine where you end up looking the same and wearing the same shit for longer periods of time than you actually thought. Or you just end up buying a lot of the same shit that all looks the same. I mean... I, I know I'm not the only one that like kind of feels like that. No,
1: for sure. I think that could be said for anyone, whether you skate or not. I yeah. think, uh, I mean, me too. I think we're all kind of creatures of habit. I mean, I typically wear the same shit every day too. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like something in a different color, like along the same lines of, you know, everything's kind of along the same lines of work wear whatever, you know, like that's just, that's just what the shit that I like, the shit I'm comfortable in. But um, I agree. Like I'm, I'm a very sentimental person when it comes to like hoarding objects, like it could be, that's with the hoarding with a D. There's a D in there. Pause. (laughs) You're hoarding objects (laughs) Where? (laughs) Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I've I've always been that way. I think since I was like a little kid, even if it's like something super fucking minuscule, like a, like a movie ticket or something, you know, like, it's just like, I remember exactly where I was and like what happened at this time when I had this. What's your
0: what what for for both of you, what is your most that you still have to this day your most like sentimental it could be clothing, an object, um I don't know,
1: a button. Um for me, in terms of like clothing, um it would probably have to be like, the first pair of Jordans I ever got, which was a pair of Bugs Bunny 8s, and they were, like, a size, like, four or something like Damn. that. So this you still is like, have them? Yeah, I still have them. This was, like, elementary school. They were my brothers, actually, and then my brother, he's a lot older than me, so when I was able to fit them, he gave them to me, but they were fucking beat as shit already. But I was like, oh, I don't care. This is sick. Like, <laughs> these are hella old.
0: Like, Wait, did you you actually wore them? Yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah. So I had those, I think for me, it's kind of sentimental because I don't know, it's just kind of the thing that started it all for me. You know what I'm saying? Like in terms of like Mm -hmm. streetwear and shit like that. That makes sense. What
0: about you, Mel?
2: Mine's not clothing, but I have a stuffed dog toy that I had since I was born. Basically it's a Labrador and it has a brown spot on it. So his name is spot. Uh. And I've had that dog like just ever since I was born. So I carried it like Throughout my whole childhood, I always brought it with me wherever I went. And, like, when I moved, like, I still had it. So he's still on my bed with me. Yo. Oh, nice.
1: Yo, not going to lie, I got a stuffed dog, too.
0: I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> that's why I kept, like, eyeing towards you, right. like, like, go ahead, tell the people about your most sentimental object that you own. Yeah,
1: I think, overall, that's probably the most sentimental object. Like, okay, let me put this into context. Like, if, there's a f- if my house is on fire and I could only grab one thing, it'd probably be that, to be what? honest. To be quite honest. What is that? A, it's a stuffed stuffed animal. It's a, it's a dog. Does
0: a dog have a
1: name? Yeah, his name's Puppy. Yeah. Very nice. How cute. <laughs> yeah, but um, my mom got him for me in like 2000. So he's like 19 years old. Like Damn. Yeah. Damn. He's fucking
0: OG at this point. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say stuffed animal for sure. It's a black monkey named Poogie. <laughs> Like literally, and I'm going to tell you, I, I also have another sentimental object as well. But let me get into the story real quick. Um, one time, me and my brother, we used to share a room that were bunk beds. And we used to just like, just play like whatever. And I had this lamp. And just one day, he decided to just take, we were playing around. So he grabbed Poogie, the monkey, <laughs> and threw it on top of the lamp. And I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, like, let me go get, get a chair and I'll go get it. And then I started smelling burnt rubber. And I was like, well, what's that smell? And I saw like small smoke coming from the top of the lamp where he was. And I hurried up and grabbed him and I turned him around and he, he like burned his ass. <laughs> and I I think I remember just like I think I cried after, but I think in the moment I beat him up and I punched him in the face oh because I was so upset. It was almost as if like he had hurt another family member. <laughs> I was like, you don't do this to family, like, we're all in this together. Um, but yeah, I remember that story very fondly and I still hate you for that, Jason. So, (laughs) but, uh, my second most, um, I think my most sentimental object or it's actually a piece of clothing. It is my, it's a Supreme and Thrasher hooded coach's jacket. It's a, it's a like, it's a very basic, like Supreme piece. It's fairly hard to find whatever but it's mostly significant because I got this jacket when I was in college and it was my first time being introduced to like, like actually going back and forth with people and like selling and reselling Supreme. So like being really heavy on, um, on like hypebeast forums and like meeting people and like making friends on there. And then one person giving me like a a heads up about this item, which then turned into barter for this item and all these trades taking place to finally get what was my grail piece at the time, which was this fuzzy hooded coach's jacket. And I've sold like every like Supreme piece that I've ever owned, regardless of if it had any sort of like sentimental value like to me at all like I could have a zero dollars and I would just go into my closet and find anything that was worth money and just sell it immediately uh, that's just what I what I do for some reason um but this item like I would look at this piece so hard like every day when I was like broke and be like damn like could I go another week without like like spending any money or should I just sell this jacket and like be good and I was like no I cannot do it And I've always I just always had that dilemma with this jacket because it kind of introduced me to the things that we talk about today, which is just streetwear and and having that knowledge of things. And that was like one of the first pieces that really introduced me to that, like that world or outside of just like, oh, like this is a brand. This is a brand. This is a brand. But it was like a community that this jacket kind of introduced me to. So it was like really interesting. And I still have it to this day. So, yeah,
1: I don't like. I don't, I don't think I would necessarily feel that with objects in as much anymore. Yeah. Because I think it, at this rate, I mean, like I said earlier, I don't shop as much, but I think that there's just so much out there that I don't mind letting stuff go. Like I actually cleaned out my closet today and I like threw a bunch of stuff in a donation bag just because I know like I could probably get something like this in the future or somewhere else if I really, yeah. really wanted it back, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I don't really, it's hard for me to really attach myself to an item like these days. Yeah. Yeah. I so. think,
0: I think that's the sort of mindset with a lot of people, right? I mean, um, before we get into this idea of like just reselling culture in general, um, fuck, I was supposed to go somewhere with this, but yeah, let's just, fuck it. Let's get into <laughs> that. <coughs> um, yeah. I mean, just fr- like with reselling culture in general, it's like we have, um, the attention span of insert animals name with attention short attention span. What what animal is that? Uh,
1: probably like I don't know. Like in thinking some sort of like bug or something. I'm okay, like a bug, like a, bug, like a attention span of a like bug, like a like a like a sloth. <laughs> I don't know. We're
0: all we we're, we're all fairly just like quick to move on to the next thing yeah. nowadays, and it shows in how we act as consumers. Whether it's you know being on one trend and Next thing you know, we're completely off it within a span of however seasons last, which is like three, four months or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's no longer a thing. Brands start based off of significant trends and then later on tail off and die because people are just off of it nowadays. And just within the world of social media, I mean, look at how long any sort of particular like drama or fiasco lasts before another one comes up and we just completely forget about the previous one that was taking place. So with that short attention span, I mean, Melanie, do you, do you think that it plays a role into how we act as consumers, not only with within the, the buying space, but also within like the selling space? Yeah. Or reselling, at least?
2: I think so, like, I feel like trends are the most important thing when it comes to like, buying and selling and supply and demand. Because of course, like people want what's new, like what's new and what's in now. So of course, like when something first comes out, the price of it's gonna be high because everyone wants it all at once. But if you sit on that item and it's kind of like a gimmicky or like, or a collab thing that doesn't like really sell well, in a couple of months, that price is gonna go down. So of course, like <clears throat> in the moment, um, like, you know, trends like really make a difference and in the long run like it doesn't really like add value to the item that you're buying or it doesn't like add value to like the business like as a whole like moving forward.
0: Yeah, so it it's almost as if like and I guess this is a larger question for the both of you, but do you think reselling contributes to the culture of fashion and streetwear in a positive way?
1: Uh I think like net-wise it's to me it's either neutral or <laughs> negative. I don't think it necessarily does anything. Well, it it depends how you look at it because if you think about it, reselling allows items to be more accessible to people that, you know, may not have may not have had access to it before. For instance, like someone in Idaho doesn't have a Supreme store there, so they're going to have to pay resell if they can't get it online. So therefore, like I guess it's more accessible. Of course, they're going to have to pay a premium, but that's literally the price you have to pay if you really want that item yeah so i think for those people who want that that's a plus but i think overall it just kind of perpetuates this like whole idea of we're moving at such a fast rate in terms of consumption like we're just buying and buying and buying and selling and selling Mm -hmm. um that it's just kind of like this empty cycle if you will. Yeah, I don't know that's just kind of how I look at it
2: I agree with that like the empty cycle statement um just because I feel like you know with I guess like reselling like Nikes or Jordans um like back then sneaker collectors like you know they can talk about like all their stories of like how they've copped a shoe or like the memories they have with it and now like when people buy shoes like you don't really see people holding on to those shoes so you don't really have a lot of stories to have with them you know and because of like reselling and the supply and demand, um, I feel like people are making more product and not a lot of people people are buying it because it's being like um, overproduced, so there's no hype, so there's no resale value to it. Like for example, look at Yeezys right now. They're so oversaturated in the market where like they used to be like what, like 700 bucks for like Pirate Blacks or whatever, but now like the new like 750s, like they're still going for like around retail because there's so many being made so I guess like it just depends how you look at it and like for shoes it doesn't really add value because people are just buying a shoe to resell to someone who actually wants it when those people who like actually have access to it and actually want it can't afford it in the moment because they're either sold out or the price is just way too high
0: I think I'm gonna play devil's advocate on one of your points because you made two good points and we're gonna touch on both of those which is you talked about this idea of contextualizing sneakers, and you also talked about um, what Adidas was doing with Yeezys and their sort of like innovative phase versus their flatline f- uh, kind of map they're on right now, mm-hmm. which is kind of they're they're all over the place. But let's start with the um, the, con- the the whole contextualizing sneakers part. And I'm going to be devil's ad- advocate first, and so I listened to a, a podcast recently by the owner of uh, Business of Fashion. He interviewed uh, basically the CEO or the co-creator of Stadium Goods. And he talks about why their business model is so successful in a market uh, today versus, um, you know, you know how Flight Club was like one of the first like sneaker consignment shops that showcased um, shoes that came out previously for you to purchase in the moment at the time, mm. um, selling them at ridiculously high prices. At the time, when shoes were con- still considered to be like quick strikes and tier zeros and limited and you can really only get them in certain locations, um, places like Flight Club didn't really, they weren't really anything at the moment. They, I think they were just known as like vintage kicks as like a website. Um, earlier on but nobody was going to shop at these stores at least people of who are our, of our age now going back then like that's not where they went they would either go camp they would either find a sneaker connect whatever but now with a place like uh, stadium goods what they can do is they can take that release that that jordan has been putting out whether it's like um, like a Jordan 1 that tells the same heritage story over and over and over again with some sort of plot twist in it to become modernized for the kid that may or may not know what a Jordan 1 is and contextualize it with every other Jordan 1 that's ever came out. So now they know like, oh, like this is the shoe that you're looking for, but look at all these other shoes that fall from that same tree so you can understand where this shoe's coming from. So it almost as if, like, what these stores do, the reselling culture does, is when you look for Air Max or look for, I don't know, whatever popping shoe is on right now, you can see the other releases or other related releases to that shoe as well, which kind of gives it a, a context of, like, understanding, oh, okay, like, I didn't know what that shoe was, but now... I'm interested in knowing how this relates to the shoe that I'm about to buy, whether that the shoe I'm about to buy is from the year 2019 versus the shoe that they're showing me, which is probably like 2004, 2005. So I would say like resale culture does push us in the direction of where we should be going, which is. In a weird way, equal opportunity for all when it comes to everything that's ever released. I know that's not the point of streetwear, but I don't think that was ever really the point was to not have, not allow anybody and anybody to wear it. Um, but yeah, that that that's just kind of how I see like that particular section of just like shoes in general. Of just, I know it's kind of hard to imagine like when you go on, onto a site and you see like a, a new Jordan. The the whole idea is I'm gonna buy it off sneakers. I'm gonna buy it off this website and just instantly resell it. I don't give a shit about it. But on the consumer side, it's okay. I'm gonna buy this sneaker, but I'm also gonna see how this relates to the whole entire world of like streetwear and stuff. And I think that that that's kind of like where uh, the resale culture is in a, in a positive way at least pushing um, pushing the envelope. You know.
1: I agree. I think speaking of it, like contextually, if we're looking at it from like in terms of like the reselling space, I think I don't necessarily think that it's going to be a huge thing or a huge player in what streetwear or what sneakers look like in the next few years. I mean, because I don't know, the way I think of it is that resale is good right now because like the economy is fucking good right now. You know what I'm saying? Like in like if, I don't know, speaking economically, like if we look back at like 2008, like no one's going to buy fucking thousand dollar sneakers. Like, yeah, it's true. You know what I'm saying? Resale uh, or resale price. Um, so I think we have to look at that, look at it in that context too. Um, so I think, I don't know. I, I agree that in that that's, that's an interesting take that you had in that, in that regard, it kind of does push it forward in that it, It makes it more democratic. It kind of levels the playing field for everybody, you know, whether or not they can afford it. That's another question, but the opportunity is there. And that's like a, I don't know, that's, that's kind of like the, that's kind of like the fucking quintessential capital, like capitalist, like way to look about it. You know, Mm -hmm. like if you have the means, then great. If not, then. Like, sorry, but... And nowadays,
0: it seems as if everybody has the means. Yeah, Or at least has an access to making the means of doing it, right? Like, I mean, at one point, all of us didn't have a job within the past year, two years, right? And we had to find a way to make money. And nowadays, there are a plethora of options to make money, whether it's driving an Uber, delivering food, or... Fucking filling out surveys online for money. Like, there's so many ways to make money nowadays, which also plays in hand of people having so much buying power nowadays. So it kind of goes hand in hand. And that's why you start to see like all of these different facets of purchasing, which is the resale market and seeing the likes of like Goat and Stadium Goods and StockX flourish so much is because. Like you said, the economy is good. Everyone has access to money, and there's really no excuses on why you can't buy that thing that you want anymore. And if you really, if you're a real go-getter, you're gonna go find a way to go make that money. Yeah. And we know a lot of people that do do that, people that resell sneakers, right, Melanie? Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, but let's talk about that, that um that for a second, and and, and you mentioning that the the uh, capitalistic mindset because. In a, in a recent article that sort of documents that of, uh, of late capitalism is this idea that pretty much everything that we're experiencing now is an evolved, if not more fucked up version of what capitalism was
1: at some point. Yes. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and mind you, we had to Google up late capitalism just to make sure we were... Or even what that term even yeah, meant. Yeah, exactly. We had, well, we had to Google late Separately, and then capitalism. And I didn't pay to attention in together. sociology class.
0: <laughs> I did not pay attention in that class at all. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, just off the top, what does a term like capitalism mean to you in relation to like streetwear? I mean, this goes to both of you. What does that mean in terms of street? How is somebody being or ha- having a capitalistic mindset when it comes to streetwear fashion, be it a consumer being a, being a seller?
1: Uh, I mean, to me, it's like you said, it's about buying and selling. Uh, and like we just talked about, it's about having the means to accomplish what you want, whether that's buying or whether that's reselling for a profit. Because, I mean, they're not mutually exclusive. You can definitely do both. But I think the essence of it is how, what are you doing to achieve that? You know, um, I think a good example is. You know, like we used to, I'm sure we all did this before is like as a kid, you know, like you didn't have a job because you couldn't work. So you would save up enough money, you would buy what you wanted, or you'd buy something and then resell that, take the profit and then buy something else. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, so on and so
0: forth. What about you, Melanie?
2: I feel like capitalism helps with just like the, I guess the ebb and flow of the business of it, you know, like like businesses want you to keep buying from them. So they're going to keep putting out stuff. So us as consumers, like we'll keep going to their site like every week. So then like there's never like a, there's never a stop in the loop, I guess. You know, so like you're always coming back. You're always buying something like there's a gain and there's like, there's a gain for both parties, I guess. So that's like my take on it.
0: Okay. No, I I, I can totally see that because I mean, being in the sort of like hyper aware culture that we're in nowadays is you can lose uh, a consumer's um, what's the word? We're talking about animals that don't have this attention span. Yeah, I don't have one <laughs> theres you're, We're talking about how you can lose the attention span of. A consumer nowadays, in a split second, they can move on to the next brand, move on to the next trend. If you're not meeting their every needs and every collection, every release, then you you you, you lose them. And that's why you see so many brand, so many different brands, so many different designers succeeding nowadays because all it takes is literally dangling the carrot in front of the, in front of the horse's head is how can I entice these consumers and nowadays these consumers that have no context of where any of this shit comes from, how do I entice them in the way that they need to be entertained and how long can I keep them for? You know what I mean? Like a good example for myself is like Chinatown market initially first seeing them. And I remember I, used, I, I showed Nate and, yeah. and both of you, I'd show you guys in the very beginning of, of when they first started, when they first like appeared at complex con it was like, yo, look at this brand, look at their bootlegs. It's just so cool. And now I'm just like completely over it. And all I see is their ads and their emails all the time, and I'm just like I'm completely done with this because there's there's something about it. It's like, you know, I was I was very interested in the beginning, and then a lot of their product started to like not appeal to me. Not to say that it sucks, but it just didn't appeal to me. Mm-hmm. And then I just started to get more and more disinterested as it went along. And I think that's sort of natural for people that follow their favorite brands. It's, I mean, come on, like, let's be realistic. Of Of all the brands that we've ever discovered, maybe from, you know, since day one of us kind of getting industry wear, how many of them have we stuck with and still, I want to say purchase, not even just like still like, but purchase to this day.
1: Still like pretty slim for me. Yeah. I would say so. I would say maybe like, one in terms of streetwear it's probably probably stucy yeah the only one that i actually consume um there are other ones that i still like that i still enjoy but i feel like that's more for like nostalgic reasons Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
0: Yeah. i I agree with that and i would say like for myself uh damn i couldn't even say supreme because i haven't bought from their collection in the, the past like year or so but that would probably be the closest so i'd say like almost zero yeah and I mean, think about the lineage of a lot of these brands and, and how tenured they are in this game 10, 15, 20 years. Supreme just hit what? Their 20th year anniversary or some bullshit like that. Yet people are f- like dropping like flies with a lot of these brands and even brands are dying to themselves. But one of the, the biggest um, things that come in question with this whole post uh, or late capitalistic mindset versus hyper awareness within our or a lack of hyper awareness within um, the millennials and consumerism nowadays is the question of designers, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of brands and a lot of designers, a lot of big names that we see all up in the videos with all your favorite celebrities that come into question because nowadays nobody can define, can define what a designer is. And it's almost like a namesake title nowadays that if you're a designer of this brand, you must know your shit in every sense of what a designer does. How would you define a designer in 2019?
1: Well, I think in order to answer that question, I won't give you like a straight definition, but I'll like, I'll say this, that I think because we, like we talked about, we're consuming at such like a high rate and... Like you said, our attention spans are so low. I think the bar is exceedingly lower and lower for designers, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, agreed. I think because our attention spans are so short and we're so quick to move on to the next thing, whether it's because we're being influenced by social media, whatever it might be, I think that allows designers to get away. It gives them the leeway to put out mediocre stuff, Mm -hmm. I think. so. What do I, how do I define a designer in 2019? Um I mean, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of good designers out there still. Um, But I think they're becoming like a rarer and rarer breed. You know, what, what about you? What about you guys?
0: Mel, what would you consider a designer in 2019? What characteristics do they have to have? Do they have to know the right people? Do they have to be in the right circle?
2: I feel like. A designer is like any type of creative who can put out like any type of like product like if it's clothing or like an accessory or something like just someone who can put something out there tangibly and sell it and be good at it like you don't actually like have to you know like go to school and like be like well known like I feel like anyone can be a designer at this point. So
0: you don't need a formal education nowadays. I feel like no. I think that's a, I think that's a good point because I mean as any tech startup job goes, right? You don't necessarily need a degree nowadays to get them mm-hmm. most re- require, but that doesn't mean you can't start your own and become just as much as a a billionaire as a lot of these other like CEO tech startup kids, you know what I mean? So I think it kind of makes sense for that if you're becoming a designer in the non-traditional sense that you don't need a background in graphic design and, um, you know, theory of art. I don't know. Nate, what kind of classes do they take in, like, art school? Uh, There's, like, um, like textiles. Textiles, like, things like like that, you know what I mean? You don't need a formal education nowadays to be a designer. I think that in order to, to define a designer is that they have to not only, I think they have to be consistent in, in what they put out, obviously of quality, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously um, subject to personal opinion, but also what I think is they have to carve out a space for themselves. I, I don't think that d- d- a designer that is a complete replication of another designer, and, and, it, and it's obvious in the sense, I don't think that that person should be titled a designer. Is that being? I think that's a that that might be a reach, but there's something about when it comes to designers nowadays, and and I know a lot of us can can pinpoint them, and and Virgil is actually one of the ones that tends to catch a lot of flack for this. Is that as a designer for Louis Vuitton, a lot of where his inspiration comes from, whether it's for Off White or Louis Vuitton, comes from other designers, other artistic creatives painters architects whatever yet people still call him like almost like the end-all be-all when it comes to 2019 current men's fashion wear designers what do you guys feel about that
1: uh i mean i agree with what you said earlier i think in order for at least me to consider someone a designer i think like you said they do definitely have to carve out their own lane um i think it, it's tricky because we always talk about this. What's the question is like? What's what's blatantly copying and what's taking inspiration? I think, in order to define that for yourself, what a designer means, you have to kind of wrestle with that question first. Um, and I don't know. Like you said, it's 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 very subjective. It's not. Yeah. I don't know. To me, there's no right or wrong answer. There's just what I think, and there's what other people think. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. When when it comes to designers, I guess we can all look at. Very particular ones, and and put them on a grade scale, and d- determine whether or not they they fall under what defines as a real designer versus a fraud designer. I know Jerry Lorenzo got caught a lot of flack in this article about being being a non-traditional quote-unquote designer, only because he knew the right people and is falls in that space of like this is why I'm, and as well as Fear of God, the the big the, the shit now. And a lot of people look down on that and saying like, oh, well, you don't have a formal education and you only know Justin Bieber and he's really the only reason why he became big, et cetera, PacSun, blah, blah, blah. But like I said, like, I think he's great at what he does. Do I like Fear of God? No. But is he still a designer? Sure. Like, he puts out a lot of great shit. It's not for me, but I still find areas where I can say like, I think that what he does, or at least in what he does is what a designer should be doing, like th- the way that people wear Fear of God clothing. At least when it first came out, was unlike anything else that you had seen, right? It's like, um, like this mixture of like basketball and streetwear and like really long shit. And that's the first time I really saw like what like, or at least had a, a brand to attach that style to yeah. when it first came out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so in this case, then. What is, or what do you think has more substance when it comes to, and this is off the designer tip, but co- sort of bringing everything back in to this idea of, of, of substance since uh, we're kind of touching on that within each uh, variety of topic. But what do you think has more substance nowadays, whether it's as a consumer, as a seller, as a designer, as a fan of streetwear, is it knowing the context Knowing the past, knowing the history, knowing everything about whatever subject it is leading up to what you're talking about, or is it more about knowing what's going on, being in the present, knowing what this item is worth, maybe I don't give a shit what the history or the, of the brand, who made it, all I know is this item is worth this amount of money, or um, I know I can make this amount off of this what do you think it is the context or just like the current information and knowledge of what's going on what's more important to
1: me definitely to me definitely context I think Um, I think because I'm the type of consumer that I I'm very careful with what I buy because I want to make sure that I'm like I said I don't want to waste my money because I mean by all means, like I don't, I'm not fucking rich, like I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, like I want to make sure that I'm investing in something that I, okay, like I buy bullshit too, but <laughs> like I wanna, I wanna buy shit that I wholeheartedly agree with, like okay, like I can see how this is bringing me value.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So context for Nate, Mel.
2: I'm the same way, like I need to know what I'm buying, and I feel like if a new product comes out and I'm like, what is this? I look into like okay, like why did this release like who released it and like what's the background story behind it I like storytelling I don't know if it's because I'm biased because of where we worked before yeah but I just really enjoy when a brand can like really portray a good story behind their product because it shows the passion from like start to finish and I feel like that does add more value to me as a consumer when buying so um, context is really important
0: that, that's a good point and unfortunately, I can't agree with both of you on this one because for some reason, and we go back all the way to the beginning of our conversation about uh, retail anxiety and, and and how we make our purchases, right? When I'm making a, a direct purchase of, what's the last thing I bought? I don't know. I'm going to point at, at this humidifier, right? <laughs> I didn't care about what this brand did. I didn't care about um, really anything other than is this going to make me breathe better? And what are the reviews? At least being in the current moment of the price, the benefit, and what are people saying about it? What are people saying about it could be also construed as context as well, since that is that features a, a piece of that history. But I think more about... The information of what's currently going on with this item and not really thinking back to previous models or just how the company is in general. And I think that's how I am as a shopper nowadays because um, I'm very particular about each dollar that I spend. And it goes both ways with how how Nate goes as well when it comes to his dollar. But for myself, I think I'm very much zoned in on each individual product that I buy. And very, very seldomly do I think Well, what's the history about, or like, where does this item lie in the world of things around it and how could that affect my purchase of this item? I don't know. It's just how I've been a lot lately, which also makes it easier to buy shit, but also harder to buy stuff. Um,
1: That's the kind of wave I'm on nowadays. I'm just
0: impulse buying like a motherfucker.
1: But I think think we have to look at context through, like, we have to go through this, like, context inception because like you're talking about like you know like okay a humidifier we have to look at it in the context of okay this is something that i'm using for a purpose like for utility yeah it's gonna help me fucking breathe Mm -hmm. like to me like that's different from buying let's say like a pair of like sneakers because it's like sneakers to i would say to a lot of people are a luxury like oh of course you know like if you're You know, if you if you don't have the means, you're probably not going to buy a pair of Jordan Ones for like resale. So that to me is like a luxury. In that sense, like yeah, you think about it like conceptually through the lens of okay, this is this much, I can't afford it, so I'm not going to get it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It kind of depends on what the item is and like what like what your purpose is for buying it. For instance, like I don't know, like a MacBook, for instance great. I could, I mean, I fucking bought one. I I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do so much shit for school on here. All I do is watch fucking Netflix Netflix, and (laughs) I don't even use it for anything else. I leave it at home like (laughs) the entire day. I will literally use it for two hours a day and I paid like, no, that's a good, that's a good point actually. Cause, cause when I try to attach it to even like the slight,
0: like the slightest things, I think of it as like, you know how there's a, a uh it's called a Matlow's hierarchy, hierarchy hierarchy of needs, needs yeah. or whatever. Yeah. When it comes to things now, for me at least, and this is why I fall on the more of the in the moment, what does this do in regards to its significance right now? Is that lately I just don't have a lot of things. So if it's like I need a jacket, Lately, like, like, I'll just go to a store and be like, "Oh, this jacket's nice. I'm, I'm just gonna buy it. Not even gonna look at the tag. All I'm gonna make sure is that it fits, and I'm just gonna wear it. And it's weird nowadays to have that mentality because before, and we would have these conversations all the time. It's like, "Oh, I'm not gonna wear that because that's not whatever brand, or yeah. I'm only gonna wear this if this is like the type of shit that I wear." But when you're in moments of like not having money, then the brand does not matter at all. And those sort of like purchasing desires almost go out the window and it's literally a need want basis of like, fuck, like am I really going to spend $5 on like band-aids or I'm going to spend $1.99 and just get the, the target brand one. You know what I mean? So it's, it's definitely like a difference of like, like where you are in terms of like your purchasing endeavors. But I say like, yeah. Nowadays, I've just kind of been like, Amazon. Yep. I don't know what brand this is. Cool.
1: Prime it. All right. Got it. <laughs> it's like it's it's very like paradoxical if you think yeah, about it, it because it's is. like, you know, the less money you have, the more like freedom to buy you have. Like because you're not restricted by brand, you're not restricted by like, just the the thing that is in your mind is like, what do I need and what price? Like what's the price? Yeah. You know. Like yeah. it's. It, it, it's it's weird to think about it that way but it kind of is you know
0: yeah like you said it's very cyclical yeah. in in how it goes because even when it comes to having money nowadays it is the same the same mindset which is like before it's like you're limited by choice because of the lack of money but even with money you're limited by choice because there's so much exactly so you end up in rabbit holes in both cases so what would we say to somebody who's in that sort of like position when it comes to like buying shit nowadays. Do you have any sort of suggestions for the listeners that go through those phases of like, Oh, like, I don't know what I want to do with my money. Or, Oh, I felt like I wasted my money the other day. Like, how do I make better purchasing? Um, or how do I gain better purchasing habits?
1: Yo, honestly, like I'm super bad at saving money. I like, I looked at my pay stub the other day and I was like, Jesus Christ, where did this go? Like, do you ever do, you ever do that? Like, yeah. I hate that shit so much. All like, the time. because I my hate com- looking at pay stubs. My company, <laughs> like, if you get electronic pay stubs, they're easy to ignore because it's That's like I, I do. don't have to look at it. But my company still sends you paper ones, so it's kind of yeah. like I have to look at it because I have to shred it. Yep. So it's like, it's kind of depressing, actually. Yeah, you I'm, look sure at it it, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Fuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think. I think there's a time and place for buying and spending money just like anything else, you know? Um, I think if you have the means, then go for it. If not, if there's something else that's gonna like be more beneficial to you, then I would save that money and put it towards that. Um, I don't think there's much that needs to be said about purchasing that hasn't been said already by us or by anyone else yeah. you know
0: like any good financial advice you've ever gotten Melanie that you can
1: uh Melanie Chu financial advisor
2: oh gosh <laughs> don't put that title on me that you can um, uh I think the out. best advice is just whenever you get paid like put half away like save that money and just don't touch it ever I'm terrible at that cause yeah. then I'll still touch it like on a rainy day yeah, yeah, but I feel like um if you have the means like don't ball out instantly like I would say maybe like buy something that you really wanted for a while and like that's your only nice thing for the whole month and then everything else like you can't spend like put like a limit on your your spending or whatever and of course like what i always say like buy what you want wear what you want like who cares if it's an off brand you know like majority of my clothes right now has been like from uniqlo on the sale rack hey so, we talked like, about uniqlo last
0: uniqlo episode is Underrated the shit. Yeah,
2: I'm wearing a five dollars shirt from Uniqlo right now. Hey, yeah. shout out to you. Yeah, so, come yeah, up. Eco friendly. Buy whatever you want, and it doesn't matter. Like, who cares if you can't afford Supreme? Like, maybe you can like in the future, but don't worry about what other people have. Just like worry about like what you actually need right now, compared to like what you want or what looks nice. Like, you'll get it eventually. I'm
1: I'm like. I've been on this wave of like trying to be smart with my money and like you said, just buying what I want and what I need. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of the times I get like, when we talk about like fucking analysis paralysis, like dude, I do this shit with gift cards that have gone over Christmas. Mind you, like Ooh. they're free and it's not even coming out of my pocket, but I'm just like, yo, like, am my, what am I, I going to spend this gift card on? Like I've had an Amazon gift card for like, like three months now. Mind you, it's only $25. So wow. <laughs> like, you like how much shit you could buy for $25 Yeah, on but Amazon. it's like, I, like, you, you get to that point where it's like, okay, fuck, I'm trying to be smart about it, mm-hmm. but it ends up, you end up just being, like I said, paralyzed and not doing anything with it. Wait till it. you
0: get to the point where you have credit card points that you could apply to a gift card, then you got to choose which gift card, and you got to use that gift card to choose what you want to buy. That's a whole nother level oh, that's of like, <laughs> psychoticness. It's like another layer. <laughs> but I think you guys both make good points in that, um, at least within the the advice for, for those that are listening. And I'd say the same. Like, I developed – well, I didn't develop this. I actually picked it up on Google because it's, it fucking, like, saves the way that I think when it comes to, like, money. Um, if you can't afford a financial advisor um, – do something along the lines of like a 60 30 10 rule which which is like 60 percent of whatever that you're making goes towards whatever bills that you need to pay whatever you need to survive that area of things so if you have to prioritize rent or else you have nowhere to live then that falls in there as well if you have a car and you can't get to work that falls in there as well 30 percent goes into some sort of like savings or um rainy day fun is as what most people will call it and 10 percent, fuck it spend it on whatever you want at least then once all those things are accounted for you won't feel so bad about not getting yourself something or at least like even if you do get yourself something and it's shitty you'll know that you have all this other money stored away and all your other things sorted out and uh you could feel like a piece of shit after (laughs) the fact um But yeah, I think this was a great episode because I know a lot of people that are listening like myself are going through different financial issues and waves and bounds of getting money, losing money and shit like that. So I think it's a good episode to kind of cap that subject off and also related to streetwear, So bravo, guys. We kind of sold that one good. Yeah, that was a good one. That That was was a good good one. one. We appreciate you guys listening and thank you, Melanie, for joining us on tonight's episode. You're welcome. Um... Remember to follow us at No Chance Radio on all social platforms. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. We appreciate all the love, and we will catch you on the next one. Peace. Later. Bye.